are facing an enemy that is consumed and committed to our total destruction. But I say to you, our greatest challenge is not the might of a Klingon fleet. The greatest challenge laying before us is to do what must be done. Good afternoon. It's Tech Talk Today, episode 200, and what is it, Ange? 246? Five. 245. Pretty sure. On a Monday, right here. Hey there, Andrews. Guess what? What? Later on, after we get through all the tech news, we're going to talk a little Star Trek. Just a little bit coming up. Some good news. Some good news in the out there in the uh, internets. Yeah, it is episode 245, and we have a lot to cover, so let's bring in that Mumble Room. Time appropriate. Greeting there, Mumble Room. Hey, hello. Hey. Hello. hello, hello. We have a new Monday crew. It's well, some of the same crew, but just doing yeah. this on Monday. And you could be part of our crew too over at jblive.tv. Uh, just check the calendar to make sure we're going to be live and get a working mic. You ready to jump in? I am. I put this first story in here because I'm hoping you'll share your story, or at least oh, your family's story. Oh, okay, yeah. Microsoft is making the final aggressive Windows 10 upgrade push. And this time it's like full on malware. Check this out. When you close the little uh, little thing to close the notification that you click the like, little X, uh-huh. Microsoft is now beginning to interpret that as an approval for upgrade. No. Yep. That's what this article says right here. Wow. Yeah. They switched on that. You, you know this personally. Microsoft yes. switched on the automatically offered Windows uh, 10 upgrade to recommended. So if you have the default Windows 7 or 8 Express settings, then you're getting the update automatically. Uh, and Microsoft did warn people uh, back in uh, February, I think. However, but. there is a generation <laughs> that was not you know, necessarily warned, and that was my grandma. She can no longer get on her computer. It cannot like it's, it's still down as of as of this recording. Yeah, it's because, been like a week now. Uh, well, no, it's been a couple of days. But no, 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 no. It happened like on Tuesday, Saturday. I thought no, the day before last. No, no. I don't even know what day it is anymore. But anyway, uh, it's because her, like her Netgear or something has to have an update. Now that doesn't even or so, something that's what my uncle so, said. So, so she gets so in the morning she goes to turn on her computer and it doesn't boot up properly. Is that what happens or what what happened to her exactly? It won't connect to the internet. Ah, so it did log in and she just didn't have inter- internet connectivity. Yeah. That you know, I thought and they, she didn't recognize anything because it was Windows ten. Suddenly, you know. Oh, and so I asked, like, why is she not you know plugged into a network jack? Like, what <laughs> you know, she she just moved into a uh, assisted living home. And uh, apparently, they don't provide network jacks. Wi-Fi only. And yeah, so, oh, it's included in the rent, she said. Like, and I could totally hear her saying that. Like, yeah. that. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so, they, uh, so they, they updated the machine and left her offline. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is a major bummer, too, because they, you'd think they would do a, a good device compatibility check before they'd... Yeah. Well, and so right now, what she's doing is she's getting all the apps for all of her finance trading things on her iPad. And using hmm. that instead. Hmm. Yeah. And she's probably just not going to bother with the PC for a while. Because yeah. she, well, she can also do Facebook on the iPad. Yep. She already does. Yeah. I find it to be, you know, I Microsoft, though, is the worst at this right now. Apple Apple has not been without fouls. This iMac right here, that the only thing this thing does is it runs the GUI for our Apollo hardware mixer. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a software. It connects over Thunderbolt. And it's Mac specific. Mm-hmm. And I don't need it to do anything, so it's running 10.9.5. And the other day I came in here, and there's a little notification bubble that said upgrade to the next version of Mac OS. And the only option I had, I couldn't dismiss it, the only option I had was learn more, which launched the App Store and brought me right to the upgrade button. Wow. Didn't start the upgrade process, but I, there was no way to get rid of that notification without 
going there. Yeah. That feels that feels like it's over aggressive too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing is they're treating our desktop PCs now like smartphones. Yeah. Now if and you I remember, mean, oh, go ahead. I was going to say it's not like Apple doesn't have their issues with upgrading either. Like I think I upgraded the MacBook Air not too long ago and didn't have a wireless card working. Mm, yeah. And this is hardware they know is going to be there. They <laughs> right? released the yeah. Air. Right. They yeah. knew what hardware they had to support and they still got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, nobody's nobody does this flawlessly, but the the disrespectful approach of the Windows 10 upgrade uh, Hadia has decided for the computer in the back, she just wants to get a Linux box. Not because I talk about Linux all the time, but because the computer up front that runs Windows 7, well, she bought that computer specifically with the intent of buying win- with Windows 7. Like when she bought that computer with Windows 7, you had to go through hoops to get Windows 7 and get like, uh, you know. Uh, so the fact that now it's continually prompting her to upgrade is an insult. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's annoying. And so she doesn't even want to bother with that with the next computer. And right. I, I, started, I started talking about this with Wimpy from Linux Unplugged. He's saying, yeah, I'm seeing the same exact thing. Small business owners who got Windows 7 and Windows 8 are getting these prompts, and they see these as tools for their business, not as pieces of awesome technology that are evolving and connecting to the cloud. They see it as a, as a tool. And for them to have it constantly ask this is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just I thought since we hadn't uh, we hadn't I don't think we talked about that on the show since it happened to your grandma. Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, it, I'm really hoping that we can just get her off of AOL at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold, on. hold on. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Hold on. Got to get connected to the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's no. right, folks. She's still. Me. Yep. She's still. What uses... kind of service, though? I'm assuming that's not her ISP as well. No, it's not. No, it's <laughs> like I don't no, even know. It's terrible. like an overlay thing. Uh, and she just yeah has all of her things. Yeah. It... Welcome to the Internet. So it's a browser oh, and mail client effectively for her. Yes. yes, exactly. That's what she uses it for. Yeah. Um, now but all of her bookmarks and stuff are in there. But that's why yeah. we're trying to find using Blink. Yeah, and they're using. What do you think their browser is? I, I think they're well. They use IE, they used to use IE. Yeah, I don't know uh, if they still do, but I'm not sure. Maybe they so maybe they're using Blink now, but I don't know about Open. I'm trying 10. to stay out of the tech support. For yeah, her, good for so, you too. Yeah, right. Yeah, because uh, that's just a that's a black hole. I don't mean to I mean you want to help your family out, but that is a black hole. This is going to be a black hole for millions and millions and millions of Chinese kids. Oh, uh, wow. Microsoft has finally found a legal path to get Minecraft on PCs in China. This is something they've been working on for a what while. What was the problem? Well, just the government. N- no, no, it, uh, no, 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 no. Or the they're pushing it through to, to, no. to the OS. No, the mo- no. Uh, <laughs> that seems like. <laughs> yeah, no. It's 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 literally Microsoft is having fundamental business issues in China because of continuous conflicts with the government. Uh, wow. China has been raiding Microsoft offices uh, for for about a year now, trying to find tax evasion. And the most challenging aspect, as this article points out, would be that part of it, the government. So uh, it sounds like Microsoft is working with another partner here. Hmm. But either way, I don't really find that to be the most – this seems like this was going to be a foregone conclusion. It would eventually make its way there. Yeah. But could you imagine bringing uh, – all uh, the, the user base of Minecraft is about to blow up. Yeah. Huge. And the thing that it made me think about is it seems like if you were about to introduce – I guess I, I always thought Microsoft was going to do this after they rewrote Minecraft. I didn't expect them to keep it a Java app. Microsoft, so that's not their speed. They're not, they're not a Java shop. Yeah. They, they, you know, they worked very hard to eliminate Java as much as possible on the desktop. Uh, they even created their own Java virtual machine to make Java incompatible, to make incompatibilities between Java, to make Java a shit show. Like Microsoft is so anti-Java that I thought they would rewrite it and then relaunch it. 
But instead, they seem to be keeping the Java version, and now they're going to ship it to potentially like a billion new users. Well, I think they have two. I think they have a. They, I, I think don't, they yes. still support Java, but then I well, think there's they the do Pocket Edition a, and the Xbox Edition, which is not written in Java. Well, no, my PC, my on my computer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it says it doesn't need to use Java anymore. I think it's because it has the runtime included. I think it's oh. it's definitely still Java. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and, it's be, and it's simply because Microsoft bought Mojang, and Mojang was yeah. a Java shop. Right. And if Microsoft had created Minecraft from the beginning, they probably would have written like .NET or something. Like they, uh, I don't know. I find this to be – it's amazing. Steve is going to China, and he's going to be <laughs> on computers and smartphones thanks to a licensing deal with an existing publisher in China that already has the legal framework worked out with the government. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dylan will be soon, soon be playing with kids from all over the world. Okay, so this is something that came out of Google I.O. that we haven't had a chance to talk about anywhere else, and there's a lot of changes coming to it. There's this concept of the modular phone. We've talked about it before. There's Fairphone. There's Project Aura. And Google is getting really close to shipping this thing to production. Now, picture it, and just like Lego for your smartphone. Yeah, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a smartphone that lets you swap out parts like no. Lego blocks by popping yeah. them on and off. You could nope. slide out a speaker if you wanted nope. to have a big sound and Already throw a party. Nope. If you want additional battery, if you go down the town, maybe you want, how about this one, a glucosometer for diabetics. Lots of nope. Sensors to measure air quality. No. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, well, so the thing has gone from, like, every component will be replaceable to now what they're going to have is a frame that has the built-in memory, CPU, and sensors. And those will not be modular components. And then you can snap on things like speakers, batteries, camera lenses. All of those will then have to work within the frame of the the phone, which may or may not limit what those accessories can do. Uh, In past years, the modular tech failed repeatedly in demos and it would even fall apart when they drop it. Uh, But now they think they've got it to a spot uh, where it's pretty cool. Like, check out... Okay, so here's a cool tech. So this is a tweet. uh, So the audio is not great because it's just somebody's getting on their phone. But this is the demo at Google I.O. And they can, using voice, tell the camera to eject off the back of the phone. Check this out. Okay, Google. Eject the camera. So he says, uh, hey, Google, eject the camera, and then the camera pops off the back of the phone. That's kind of neat, right? Can't wait to troll people. Just walk <laughs> yeah, by right. someone. Hey, Google, eject the battery. <laughs> Goodbye. Somebody's taking a selfie. Hey, Google, eject the camera. <laughs> oh, that's good. I would totally do that to Ange. <laughs> I wouldn't have that phone. That and, phone seems really dumb. I guess. I guess. They do have pretty good vocal detection now, so it would be a little more secure than that. Yeah. So you'd yeah. have to try and yeah. imitate the person, that's but still. I don't know, uh, Ange. It's kind of neat. No. I, I, I think it's the idea where I could pop in a really nice camera or popping an extra battery appeals to me. Uh, now, the Fairphone takes it a step further. The Fairphone's even more modular. You can get out individual components more so. And, it's, well, it's also a shipping product. Um, so there's those <laughs> things. But our plan, they say in this here article with the CNETs, they say they want to be in the market next year. They think they're going to have a shippable prototype now and a consumer product in 2017. And you see right here, so they have two modules, like in this spot and one module in this spot. Yep. You can either put a double-wide module here or two individual modules here. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, did I look too much sarcasm? Uh, they, Google now has the uh, hot swapping battery tech working. So there's a small built-in battery. If you want an extra battery, you can now hot swap the battery. That's already been demoed. 
Uh, you can see all kinds of third-party hardware, things for like wireless car, key fabs. There's already something and there's already uh, a demo. That is a um, great idea. I would love to replace my key with my phone. Harman Kardon is working on a really Jeez. nice high-fidelity speaker. Like they're a legit speaker company. Yeah. And they're working on it. Um, there's also a company that's working on a breathalyzer module that you could snap into the back of the phone. Okay. All right. I might get that. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and here's – when I see this, I think, geez, if Google already had a problem with – Android fragmentation today. Could you imagine if if you had a modular phone? And uh, in our subreddit, in the Linux Action Show subreddit, somebody who's uh, invented an NFC ring, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. he's always worked a lot with NFC radios in phones, and he says it makes huge difference. The NFC signal, just our, our Bluetooth or cellular signal or Wi-Fi signal, the way the phone just works with that signal it makes a huge difference uh, with the components, the battery, what's, uh, the different sensors that are on there. They all interact with the way the signals work. And you could have potentially a really weird combo that could have really bad battery life or a weird combo that could have really bad right. signal interruption. Yeah. There's a lot of potential for things to go wrong. Or, and you still, at the end of the day, you drop it on the ground, it could still fall into a thousand pieces. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they, the, they're doing. Here's, well, here's, here's where it appeals to me. And this is, where I, this is why I like the Fairphone a little better is as somebody who every now and then sees the advantage of building a PC versus buying a, a, a pre-manufactured PC, this is the same thing. I could essentially build a phone like I could build a PC. Kind of. But you can't change the CPU or RAM or storage? On Aura, so... but on Fairphone you could. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree, though. If you want to do on Aura, you'd have to replace the whole frame. It's interesting to watch, and they're talking about it right now. But something you will see, and I bet something you're going to have on an iPhone in the in the distant future, is LG is developing a brand new fingerprint sensor that sits directly under the phone's glass screen. The sensor won't have to be on the outside. It won't have to be part of a button. It just simply place your finger on the glass of the phone, and the fingerprint will be identified. Like it's anywhere? waterproof, no scratches. Anywhere on the glass of the phone? I don't. You know, they don't. They make it sound like that, don't they? Why is she pointing to a little white thing? That little white thing is the uh, connector that you, you wire back into the phone for the sensor. Oh, okay. That wouldn't be so. That would just be the glass that the manufacturers right. install on their phone. Huh. Surprisingly, it looks a lot like an iPhone, doesn't? Oh, it? in other words, it doesn't have to be a button. There doesn't have to be a button, right? Right. And so, like, if Apple wanted to create a buttonless yeah. iPhone, and they really could, yeah, and still have a fingerprint huh. reader. Huh. But you could see all kinds of play. If you could have a glass surface that could also work as a scanner, that is kind of neat. Yeah, I'd say so. That's a that's probably a cell phone invention. However, let's say you get your thumb all nasty or something, mm-hmm. and you touch your phone somewhere. It might just sit there and read your thumbprint over and over again. <laughs> yeah, because it leaves a little like, yeah. imprint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder how they would work. Of course, you'd think the current print sensors would have that too. Maybe heat along with heat detection. You could also go – you could go 180 degrees the other direction no. of this new stuff. It's happening. It appears that the Moto Razor is going to attempt a comeback. You remember the Razor? Yeah. <laughs> I saw an article the other day of like uh, things that people of the 2000s don't know were cool or something. Yeah, this was a this flip phone. The the Motorola Razor was a popular ass flip phone. Uh, It was huge before like uh, we got we got away from feature phones. Yeah, and they have a horrible. I'm just gonna play a couple seconds for you. A horrible ad for it. Look at it's like it tries to be like early 2000s. Hey, he's totally just jealous. (laughs) Yeah, everybody in high school is walking around talking on a Moto Razor for some reason. Yeah, you're gonna get pulled down with that song. Oh, is that, a, is that a real song? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't know if that was a commercial right. song or not. I thought maybe they just, it was so crappy. I thought they made it up for this ad. <laughs> uh, and so I, I, they say on June 9th, we should tune in, uh, talk to you later. And it uses the old uh, text. 
they all when you only could text with number keys. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy because, yeah, it was popular when we were in high school. Yeah. That's, that is when we started seeing it. Yeah, and a little bit afterwards. And then, yeah, and then there was a boom. Like even our family members mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Anybody in the mumble room tempted by a Moto Razor or a feature phone like it? So I know people who would be. I actually have a friend whose dad bought like 30 of them on eBay because he can't get over the design. It's like his favorite phone. Oh, my god! <laughs> and so I could see him actually buying some of the new ones. Is there any advantage to the new ones? Well, I, I don't know. They haven't told More us about battery the battery life they because the chips the, are better. How about better screen resolution? Better the screen, screen sucked on that thing. I don't know if you <laughs> – the screen was <laughs> – oh, yeah. it was a 480 by 320 display, 3.2 inches with a 1700 milliamp battery and had supported up to 4G. This is a nostalgia piece for me because – I, I remember my friends, all my friends had these in the early mm-hmm. 2000s, and they constantly put them in their pocket and sat on it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Or the, the phone lent, or the camera lens. Uh, I, I think for this to come back, it's going to be for nostalgia for people that before smartphones came out, there was this, and this was the pinnacle of, you know, flip phones. You know what? This should be Dylan's first phone. Yeah, I think that was. I think that's also sort of the implication there. Uh, I and honestly, I could if they, if they sold this at a super reasonable price, I could see putting it on Ting or something. I mean, we have had a lot of people in the audience who swap switched back to flip phones and smart and uh, feature phones. Uh, one guy wrote in one time said, "I just, I just if I have a if I have a smartphone, I can't get out. Of, I can't get away from email." So yeah. I just need my phone for emergency texts and calls, and that's why I got a feature phone. Uh, that makes sense to me if you're having that problem. Speaking of problems with smartphones, uh, it, it looks like it's possible to triangulate users on uh, Grindr, which I would think would be applicable to other um, dating sites too. But the research was done with Grindr, which is uh, for uh, gay men who want to hook up. And uh, check this out. This makes so much sense. It's obvious when you think about how the researchers are doing this. Uh, so Grindr's got more than 10 million users, and there's this there's this technique called trilateration. It's where you uh, take Grindr or a similar app, and it tells you how far away someone is from you. Mm-hmm. No, this person you might like to date is eight miles from your house or 10 miles away from your house. Well, all you have to do then is simulate three other apps in three other locations or actually go to three other hmm. locations and then you can begin to triangulate the location of this person based on the distance reported in those three different locations. Wow. Obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they so they uh, they talk a little bit about here that the trick works by creating two fake accounts under the control of the researchers. In this testing, they hosted each account on a virtualized computer and then simulated the smartphone actually running on the server and they spoofed the GPS for those c- accounts. Uh, the trick could be done almost as easily with any Android device running GPS spoofing software like fake GPS. You don't even have to run on a server like they do. But by adjusting the spoof location of those two fake users, the researchers can eventually narrow in on the position uh, that they get to ever so slightly more and more in there and get down right to the person. Wow. Now, Grindr was actually kind of warned about this in the past. So in some countries, they turn this feature off by default. And they let you turn it off if you want to turn it off, but in like the U.S. and most countries in the West, it's turned on by default. And yeah. I would assume the same must be true for other apps that function this way. Yeah, the one that I'm on, it it says how many miles people yeah. live from me. Yeah. Um, and I never like in billing, I provided my address, but I never provided. Well, they can just use the GPS location on your phone. Oh. I, you know, interesting. I wonder if I have location services on for that. Probably, yeah, probably. on by default. Right? Well, you kind of would need that for the results to be relevant, though. Yeah. So it's a catch-22 there. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. 
it's a that's a tough one because you are essentially you just wouldn't think that somebody would go to the effort of launching two other accounts to try to locate you. But if you get someone obsessed enough, yeah, I could, I could see someone getting all kind of internet stocky about it. I don't know. It's kind of a creepy thing. Mumble room. Any other thoughts on it? Something to be aware of, I suppose. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. It's yeah. not terribly surprising. No, and it's probably not a huge risk because you'd have to be fairly savvy and motivated to actually actually pull it off. I but, really like the name Grinder. Yeah, as an app. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> uh, you know what else I like? Kickstarted it. Oh, Kick it! yeah. Okay, so I said I was going to kill the segment until one of the best Kickstarters of the history of the show came along. It was submitted. It was submitted by a viewer. Oh, good, good, yep. awesome. Uh, it's got 486 backers. They're 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 hoping, they're pleading for a pledge of 36,500. As of this recording, they've raised 12,154. Dramatically short of their goal. They have 34 days left to go. It's called Licky Brush. <laughs> and uh, I instead of me explaining it, I will turn it over to their well-produced Kickstarter video. Have you ever wanted to lick your cat? Now you can without the fur balls. Introducing Licky Brush. Cats groom each other as a form of social bonding. As a human, you're left out of this intimate ritual. Yes. With Licky Brush, you can uh-huh. lick your cat back. <laughs> They're going to need a better bite guard. You know, like that's going to hurt your front teeth. Now watch this. This cat hates this. Watch that cat. You see the way that cat's arms get all like... Yeah. That cat is not having a good time. That cat does not... Like, you are not supposed to be... Are you eating me right now? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> He's tolerating it at best. Yeah, he is tolerating it. Now, this lady's laughing at herself. Look the way it sticks up, too, like a stiff Licky Woody. Brush. Lick your cat. Wow, they really chose some interesting people to do this. So there you go. It's called Licky Cat. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And you guys can jump in. Uh, 15 bucks, but those are all gone. Sorry. However, there's still uh, some slots available at 20 bucks. You'll get one Licky Brush, and you can be on the Licky Wall of Fame page. Licky Wall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> so this overall, I think, definitely deserves itself a Megan Kelly. OMG, OMG, OMG. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So what do you think, Mom? Should we back this one? Got a wireframe rendering. It look. It must be legit. High quality soft silicone brush. They're speechless. Oh, it's not. It's so it's non latex. Yeah, it's silicone. Yeah, designed to feel pleasurable to your cat's sensitive skin. People are going to use this for naughty things. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Well, would you need this though? I mean, and that... now there's a whole new range of titles. Go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't. Uh, the, here's the lick benefits. Licking your cat with licky is an oddly meditative practice, soothing for both you and your cat. No, it's not. Grooming <laughs> is more fun with licky. No, it's no, not. It's not. <laughs> Develop a deeper relationship with your cat. No, you won't. It's going to resent you. Be part of. Be part of the change. Let's change the way people connect with their feline housemates. Now that you will be doing. That you will be. Yeah, there feline. will be a change, mm-hmm. not for the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's an animated gif of the guy licking his cat. Cat just doesn't look happy. It seems to like it a little bit. The cat seems to be more okay with rubbing itself up against it, uh, less okay with you, you know, rubbing yourself up against it. It seems like the design is wrong. The, so if you're not watching, the tongue is too big. It like it just goes down. It's like, he, well, it, no, it flops down. You could also turn it around and it sticks up like a stitchy. Yeah, but it's just like I don't know. It 
seems really awkward. Yep. Yeah. Mm, no. It's too- also, the bristles are too big. It's yeah. not like a cat's tongue, really. No, the whole thing is too big, and the cat's going to know that it's this weird, awkward thing sticking out of your mouth. It's not like the cat's so dumb it doesn't know it's your tongue. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I don't... Yeah, you see how that you see how on that one it's sticking up like a woody right there? Yeah. What my dog would do with this. So, you know what's funny about that is like when a dog barks at somebody knocking at the door and then you yell at the dog because they're barking, the dog's probably thinking, yeah, you yell too. Yeah, right. You know, like yeah, there's totally. things that we don't understand about animals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hmm, a licky brush is interesting. It's an interesting idea. Uh, and if you want to really go whole hog, and I recommend you probably would Let on us something know. like this. Send us a GIF. <laughs> 124 bucks, you get the crazy cat person pack. You will get 10. Oh, my gosh. Licky brushes. What? Why? Why would you need ten? Because you're a cra- crazy one cat per person. cat. I mean, like, or yeah, do yeah. they do they go bad? Like, well, wh- you're gonna have, you would want you wouldn't want uh, your tongue to smell like another cat's fur. Uh, first in line shipping and and the Licky Wall of Fame. Okay. Where's you the, also are part the, of the change in the cat grooming landscape. Where's oh my gosh? Where's the fail music? We uh, to, are we are we, we officially declaring? That. We're yeah. officially declaring yes. not victory. All right. I mean, it's a great submission. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was yeah. the <laughs> All right. And we also, just for additional good measure here. Yes, that's what I was looking for. The dramatic for. one? Yes, yes. Yeah, that closes the segment. Now, speaking of things that uh, you could fund, the network, patreon.com slash today. Jupiter Broadcasting could use your help. We've been posting some live stream exclusives over there. Uh, there is uh, this week's Linux Action Show, and there was TechSnap.TechSnap. You know, we've never released outtakes. We've never done any of that stuff for TechSnap. So this oh. is a big deal. Uh, and I think people, like, you get to see Alan um, troubleshooting with his broken favorite. Did you know Alan has a favorite USB port on his computer? <laughs> yeah. He talks about <laughs> I'm his not fa- surprised. I know. He talks about his favorite USB port and how he broke it uh, before the pre-show <laughs> of TechSnap. So that's, that's worth it right there. Patreon.com slash today is where you help fund, invest, etc. in the network. It's really important to us. And it's a big direction we want to go in 2016. And to make up... Some of the some of the gap in how much we appreciate you guys. We are trying to post those videos out there a couple times a week just to give you additional content. It's the least we can do because we really appreciate your support. And we do have that new cord cutting level. Yep, which you can find on any of the social networks if you follow us on Twitter or uh, wow, I'm losing it. Twitter, Google Plus. Facebook, Google Plus. Yep. Yep. If you follow us on any of those, I I did put up a new banner. That yeah. We have the cord cutter level. I forgot that Facebook was a thing. That's still a thing. That's it good. Is. Turns out. Yeah, turns out. And also, speaking of crowdfunding, just not really tech news, but as a Star Trek fan, I was glad to see that uh, there's this fan series called Star Trek Axanar, I think is how you say it or something. It's got a bunch of big Star Trek names behind it. It's a fan flick that they've been making. And uh, finally, it sounds like the fan flick and CBS and Paramount are coming to an agreement. It looks like they'll be dropping the copyright infringement lawsuit against Axonar Productions, which was a crowdfunded, too, initiative, by the way, speaking of crowdfunding. Um, So it's good to see that happening and working out. And if you guys didn't see this week, uh, the new Star Trek television show got a a teaser. I'll play just a brief moment of it so maybe we don't get taken down. New crews, new villains, new worlds, and new heroes. Can you imagine how the Star Trek fans, how do you suppose the Star Trek, because you watched the whole thing before the show, which we decided not to play, and, and just for fair use, we only played what we had to. Do you, but your impression, since you watched the whole thing, what do you think? Star Trek fans super excited, super scared? What do you think? Uh, well, I, it's definitely a mixed bag. 
Yeah. Some will be just excited for new Star Trek. Yes, that's where I'm at. But yeah. others will yeah. be yeah. like, yeah. put nostalgia and nothing from the old is going to be brought to the new. Oh, like, man, you, know, you nailed like, it. And they are so upset, those ones. They are so yeah. upset about that <laughs> teaser trailer. It's yeah. funny. Chris is freaking bipolar over yeah. here. Like, <laughs> he's seriously both sides. I, I do. I do. I do sort of see both sides. However, I went back in time. And I wanted to get a little perspective because that was that's what you call a teaser trailer. It's not coming out till like early 2017. Oh. And there's no assets from the actual show. They don't have any like they don't have a ship yet. They don't have none of that stuff done. So they the the promo department just throws these things together to create something. Mm-hmm. And so I went back in time to look at past Star Trek teasers when they're at this point in their production status and I found this teaser trailer for Deep Space 9 which is so bad. <laughs> and and so not even close to what the show is at, at like at all that I thought for you fellow Star Trek fans that are losing your s over this teaser trailer I want to play this for you to give you some perspective to help you reach your Zen point until the next Tech Talk today so join us jblive.tv for next week jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get that converted to your local time and techtalktoday.reddit.com is where you go to submit content like Kickstarters news stories end of show clips. TechTalkToday.reddit.com. Andrew, is anything else you want to plug before we go? Nope. Okay, follow the network at Jupiter Signal. We'll see you back here next week and enjoy this blast from the past. Literally, like a blast from the past. In a universe of new adventures where no one has gone before. Imagine Star Trek Deep Space Nine coming to your quadrant January 1993.